Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to our guest, Belita Ong, chairman of Dalton Investments. So, Belita, I, I know you're more of a bottom-up investor, uh, but we have to talk macro for a moment. Here's what the market's saying. Profit margins are under pressure. Recession is coming, and the bear market is still intact. But if you look at what companies are saying, and, you know, we have the earnings now to tell us this. Look at Bank of America. The U.S. consumer is strong. The economy is strong. There's no organic recession. And it's really all because of the Fed, and it's necessary. So as an investor, how do you play that? Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me back. Um, the thing about macro trends is that you can see them, but it's very difficult to call the timing of when things turn. And in the case of the U.S., you've had so much um, impetus from the government's um, uh, easy monetary policy, as well as its very generous fiscal policy, that you have a consumer sector that has about two and a half trillion dollars of excess savings that should keep the economy in good stead uh, for the time being. So for now, the economy, I don't think, has much of a, a high risk of slipping into a recession, which gives the Fed the room it needs um, to tighten on interest rates and to mop up some of the um, liquidity that's been put in the uh, system for quite a while now. And that's the appropriate thing to do. If you see an inflation print of 9.1%, and even if you take out the temporary factors, it's still well above what's acceptable. You have to tighten, which is what the Fed is doing. And so, you know, it, it's a matter of looking to see how the Fed can finesse and successfully bring the economy to, to a slowdown such that inflation doesn't get out of control. And the more important thing is to keep inflationary expectations in check, because once that gets out of hand, it's very difficult to contain it. And it seems like the market continues to flip-flop between whether we've reached peak inflation or peak interest rates. How do you position around that? So for us, we are a value investor and we invest in companies for the long term, which makes it easier because uh, then you know that your companies, even if the prices are hit short term because the market's uh, being pessimistic, you know that the companies you're invested in will survive and they'll probably take market share. And they'll probably trade at a price that will let you buy a bigger stake in the company so that you can make attractive long-term returns. And that's how we look at our investments. We are long-term investors. We invest alongside managements that uh, seek um, to do well by shareholders. And uh, we look for businesses that have a moat around them and uh, mm. will survive these uh, downturns. And there so, are a so lot of companies like that. Because of that dichotomy that we mentioned at the beginning, uh, does that take you outside the U.S.? Do you, do you prefer Asia over the U.S. now? 
Yes, we are uh, focused on Asian investments. That, that's the mandate that our company has. Uh, and 90% of our assets are invested in Asia because that's what the clients have hired us to do. And in Asia, and even if we weren't focused on Asia uh, by our clients' mandates, we see more opportunities there, particularly in countries like uh, Japan, where the, the um, stock market, generally speaking, is very cheap and particularly cheap now because the yen is so uh, low. Um, and also in Korea, where we're finally seeing some companies act uh, to improve corporate governance. Yeah. And also in India, which is a long-term bull story. And Belita, we, we ended the last segment talking about the preferred markets that you like, whether it's Japan, it's India, it's Korea. I, I wonder in terms of the earnings season that we're about to, to get, how are you looking at the one that's upcoming here, given the fact that there are so many macro headwinds? Do you think earnings estimates are, are really reflecting that? Um, in uh, Japan, the companies we invest in uh, tend to benefit from digitalization and also from exports. So the strong dollar actually has been helpful. And if you look back a little bit at uh, earnings last year, they were extremely strong because of the rebound from COVID. And if you look at the guidance for this year, it's um, not bad, actually. It's a modest growth. Um, and we think that the Japanese companies were invested in are actually quite conservative. And if anything, the earnings will come out to be stronger than their guidance, because if you look at the detail of their assumptions, they're assuming, uh, in the case of Toyota, for example, that dollar yen is 115. So anything above that is extra profit for them when it's converted back to yen. So I think that in Japan, at least, uh, the earnings will be all right this year. If anything, maybe even a mild surprise to the upside. I can't say the same about earnings uh, uh, in the US, for instance. Um, that's you know far more uh, difficult to, to predict. Um, and I think that there's every possibility that they'll be squeezed because of the uh, higher input prices. Um, there's just no getting around that. So, um, you know, it's not what we do. We don't invest much in the U.S. We invest more in Asia. And so from our standpoint, the earnings, um, at least in Japan, will probably hold up and elsewhere in Asia mm. will probably be under some sort of pressure. It seems like there's more urgency now in China. We had three developments yesterday. Uh, Yvonne mentioned one that China will allow homeowners to temporarily halt mortgage payments, but there was also regulators urging the banks to, to loan more money to the developers so they can finish up these projects. And then there was the added liquidity from the PBOC. Uh, does China interest you, scare you, or are you just sort of avoiding it? China has always been a market that we've under-allocated uh, to. And the reason for that is because we look for companies that are run by managements that tend to be owners and whose interests are aligned with shareholders like us, minority shareholders. So in China, you don't see a lot of that because a big chunk of the market is uh, SOEs, which run according to government policy, I would say, um, and don't have in the forefront of, uh, in the top of their priority list, uh, the shareholder. So we've been underweight China. But that said, you know, the Chinese market has corrected sufficiently that there are quite interesting Chinese companies. So we're not, uh, we're still underweight, we're not overweight, but we have found some uh, interesting Chinese companies that we think will do very well based on the government's desire to secure, for instance, the supply chain in uh, chips uh, and to become more self-reliant. So an example of this, for instance, would be a company called Syllogy, which is a uh, leading uh, designer of um, integrated circuits for power management. And uh, despite the um, uh, world economy, their revenues have um, you know, grown about 36% in the first half of this year. So that's pretty remarkable. 
Uh, I know India is, is something that you mentioned, this long-term bull market. Obviously, there's a lot of outflows coming out of that market with, with central banks just not able to catch up with the Fed. But I, I wonder, how long do you think this bull market in India can actually last? I think India can be a bull market for many decades. Um, you know, but near term is far more um, is far more problematic because of all the problems we have in the world today. I mean, we we can't avoid the fact that we um, had a pandemic. We can't avoid the fact that uh, there was a war and that energy prices are higher across the board. And we can't avoid this thing that people don't talk about so much, but uh, the aging population across the world, this demographic uh, problem that we have worldwide. Yeah. So all of those are very serious problems. And is um, capital flight a big problem? Yeah. Capital flight has been a big problem uh, since the beginning of this year for Korea, for uh, India, for um, Taiwan. But the good news is that in India and Korea in particular, you've seen an increase from domestic investors who have taken up some of the slack uh, that has been left by the foreign investors. So, uh, I mean, that's a very good trend because that's what makes a market more mature and more um, steady. Belita, we're going to leave it there, but thank you so much, Belita Ong there, chairman at Dalton Investments. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.